0: Welcome to the Modern Immortals Podcast. I'm Marco Lamb, and I'm Luke Terry. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the cutting edge of evolutionary practices as they apply to our modern lives. We draw our inspiration from the original biohackers, the Taoist Immortals, who dedicated their lives to manifesting the
1: full potential of mind, body, and spirit. We interview people who inspire us with how they're living their lives and expanding the realm of what's possible in being a human.
0: This podcast is supported by our good friends over at Performance Tea. I've been involved with this project since the beginning. As a chief formulator of their products, my goal is to bring thousands of years of Chinese herbal wisdom to a daily adaptogenic tea that can support people in achieving their full potential. Performance Tea is helping many athletes, hardworking entrepreneurs, and everyday people in uncovering the leading edge of health, performance, and longevity. The teas taste great and come in a concentrated powder that easily mixes with water. These products are the most powerful combination of adaptogenic teas on the market and we're getting feedback from people drinking the tea that they're achieving levels of athletic performance and cognitive superpowers that they find exceptional. Find Performance Tea at performancetea.com and use the special code IMMORTAL to get 25% off your first order. I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about CBD and combining CBD with Chinese herbs because uh, Luke Terry here is an expert in the uh, use and practice of using cannabis as medicine and wanted to talk with you a little bit about CBD and I want to talk about one product in particular that's uh, that I formulated and that's going to come out and it's been well received uh, by the community and we've just ramped up our production of it and it's called Performance Tea Recovery and it's a mixture of uh, classic Chinese medicine formulas and uh,
1: CBD. It's a very exciting formula. So full disclosure, I've been trying this product. You gave me a sample earlier this year, and I really enjoy both the flavor and taste profile of this product as well as the formulation itself. I think It's a really very intelligent formulation. So I'd love to take a deep dive into how you came up with this product line, and in particular, this particular combination of Chinese herbs with CBD.
0: Well, I, I think the, the formulation came up because uh, my two partners are both, uh, in the Performance Tea Company, are both amazing endurance athletes. Uh, Joe Gagnon, uh our CEO, uh, ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, all, all flying coach around the world. And he, he became our initial funder of our company after trying one of our initial products, and volunteered to be our volunteer CEO and he is more passionate about uh, performance tea than, uh, than we could have ever hoped for and now he's running our company. Wonderful. And uh, Paulo Stupa, uh, my co-founder, uh, he does uh, seal fit type trainings where they uh, do uh, put rucksacks with heavy weights and then go run 50 miles. Wow. So he loves pushing the edge of the human endurance and the possibility. And uh, the performance tea products are all based on uh, adaptogens, and particularly adaptogens that help uh, the system when we're under like extreme levels of stress mm-hmm. and help us adapt to those stresses. But I think what one of the missing pieces with a lot of these people who push hard, and if we were to say athletes on the edge, what the edge of athleticism is, we're, where the newest science is pointing us is actually our upward limits is somewhat dependent on how well we recover. Mm-hmm. It's not about just how well we're able to push and train, but it's also how well we recover. Mm-hmm. So you look at things like cryotherapy, uh, all these devices that basically squish and squeeze the muscles, um, co- um, people taking ice baths, mm-hmm. uh, and people taking herbs. And I think one of the places that when I think about CBD as uh, uh, medicine, uh, the cannabis based CBD, I think that one of the best uses of it is actually
1: recovery. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this word adaptogen. So most of your listeners have probably already heard the term, but there are probably some people out there who either don't know what it is or they may have a definition that might not quite be the same as what you're what you're referring to. So. Can you define for us what is an adaptogen?
0: Well, adaptogen actually comes from scientists in the, you know, in Russia, actually, who were looking at how do, we, how do we make our soldiers perform better. And adaptogen is defined as a substance that enhances a state of nonspecific resistance to stress. So sometimes the stress could be hot, like I go in a really hot desert, or I go in the cold, I go into the Siberian tundra. And basically, the adaptogen should basically, if I'm too hot, it should be able to cool me down. Mm -hmm. If I'm too cold, it should be able to heat me up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it works on basically our endocrine uh, system to basically how our hormones Mm respond, how our endogenous chemicals in our body respond to stress. And it supports that system. So
1: so you're saying that adaptogens seem to have this kind of dual direction activity.
0: Yeah, and they're neuroprotective, anti-fatigue, anti-depressive, uh, nootropic, and stimulate the central nervous system, but it can stimulate it in both ways. It can relax an over-ramped nervous system, or calm a, ex- or, or speed up and strengthen, like a quiet nervous system. So it makes us more on our game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Powerful.
1: Uh, is there a, a long history of use of adaptogens in Chinese medicine?
0: Well, adaptogens have been used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. They weren't called adaptogens. The term adaptogen didn't come up until uh, the Russian scientists were studying indigenous people along the Russian-Chinese border who ate a little berry called the shisandra berry. And these were sort of like uh, steps hunters. So they're out on skis and they were sort of a shamanic people, worshipped bears and lions. and But they had amazing endurance, uh, sort of like the... Uh, uh, equivalent would be like our tarahumara mm-hmm. on the you know northern Mexico canyons you know people who would run a hundred miles in a day and like how did they do this barely eating anything mm-hmm. and so what they found is that these uh, steps hunters they would eat these little tiny berries and they have very little caloric value to them mm-hmm. but uh, they what when they start studying them they start saying like oh my god like these these berries reduce thirst, they reduce hunger, they reduce exhaustion, and they improve night vision. Like, whoa. That's like, powerful. That's that's that that's interesting. And then the Russian scientists are like, how can we give these to like our, you know, submarine crews who are, you know, on twelve hour shifts, you know, mm-hmm. where you're underwater in a big metal thing and you know, being able to focus on on for a prolonged period of time, is actually necessary for survival, so it's, uh, they were looking at it for more like almost creating the super soldier, mm-hmm. but in a way, if we think about sort of us as just sort of modern denizens of the United States, mm-hmm. like we're constantly pushing it, the amount of information coming at us on a daily basis, and if we're training hard on top of that, and in relationships on top of that, and running businesses on top of that, there's a lot of there's a lot of strain on modern people's nervous systems that could be supported, and so Absolutely. the idea that adaptogens are for everybody is sort of the cornerstone of performance tea. Mm-hmm. Is that we can sort of fuel your potential? The idea that humans' upper limits are barely reached, and where also people overall are more stressed than ever, just because of we need to adapt to the amount of changes that are going through culturally, societally, and physiologically during this time.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a a lot to unpack there. There's a a number of directions we could go with this. Uh, One of them, I think, what I'm getting from from you overall is looking at our culture and seeing that, that in general, we have a higher level of stress, and we have more novel stressors than we've ever had. So to go back to the example that you gave of the steppe hunters in Siberia, they were adapting to stresses that humans have faced for all of our evolutionary history. They're adapting to cold, they're adapting to food stress, so maybe calorie restriction, uh, inconsistent calorie intake, uh, running long distances. Of course, these these were old stressors, but now we have artificial light, we have cell phones on 24-7, we have food substances that are bioengineered that we've never been exposed to.
0: Yeah, and also adaptogens have also been shown to be Uh, give resistance not only to like the regular um, stresses that we see from hot cold being exhausted which people still get exhausted these days but also radio protective so oxidative stress protective uh, chemical protective like it has these abilities to sort of protect us to help our body adapt to uh, you know a more polluted environment in a way
1: it's fantastic. Uh, most people need this. I think we can safely say that, that 99% of Americans and, and people in the in the world in general are exposed to these kinds of stressors, and they need a, they need plants to help them adapt to it.
0: And more and more. I mean, if you look, if you go above the city of Boulder and look down, you'll see we're in like an orange cloud of mm-hmm. of you know man-made chemicals. Right. You know? and uh, that has it has long-term health effects and you know most of us know at least a couple people in our community who have cancer or died from cancer so we know we know just from our own personal knowledge from our own personal observations that like that there's more environmental toxicity and it makes sense to to be on the preventative side like a I like to say that uh, a penny of prevention is worth you know a hundred bucks of cure you know so if we can if we can put a little investment into preventative medicine, and this is a place that Chinese medicine really excels, because we know how to blend these herbs in
1: a way that that is uh, um, that is elegant. Absolutely, it's a long history there of blending herbal formulas for maximum effect and minimize side effects. Can you talk a little bit more about the formulation in the recovery blend? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's first let's first talk
0: about like. The, the goal here is recovery. And so what, what is recovery? You know, And to a certain sense, like when we train really hard, uh, we deplete like sort of three very uh, um, nutritive substances. And in Chinese medicine, we call these qi, blood, and yin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to sort of say uh, like qi is sort of like the bounce in your step. So when you don't have chi, like there's a lack of animation. Whether this is fatigue, this is tiredness, and most athletes know what chi deficiency feels like. They might not call it that, but it's this feeling of like I feel tired, mm-hmm. I feel I feel sort of weak. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we look at the the first two herbs in there, uh, Prince Ginseng and Eleuthero Ginseng. Uh, we actually can't call Eleuthero Ginseng anymore because of the Chinese ginseng lobby, uh, but it, it is high in ginsenosides, as is Prince Ginseng. And these high ginsenosides are uh, central nervous system stimulating, enhancing a perform- physical performance, cognitive performance, but most importantly, recovery. Like they help us recover, come back to a homeostasis. But ideally... A uh, heterostasis where we're actually we're above where we trained. We don't come back to baseline, but our new baseline is higher. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what an adaptogen does. It adapts our new baseline to a, a higher level. Mm-hmm. So
1: you're getting a better, better,
0: a little bit. After getting better, on. a little better. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we also have uh, glenia and Chinese asparagus root, and these are yin tonics. And the feeling of being yin deficient is being sort of dried out. Um, A lot of times uh, uh, after a big race, after really pushing it, I was backcountry skiing, going uphill, you get a little like dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can drink water and drink water, but still not feel hydrated. You feel sort of like, I feel sort of dried out inside. Mm -hmm. And like, this is how like an athlete will know they're yin deficient, Mm -hmm. you know? Like the yin is like the water in the radiator. It basically helps the the system pool off. And when we've been like overheated like through intense exercise uh, or just biological conditions, we can get, we can just push it working on a computer for too long or a lot of menopausal women get yin deficient very easy. You know, like the radiator overheats. Mm-hmm. It's like hot flashes. Mm-hmm. So like this this idea of tonifying the yin in Chinese medicine is so powerful because it's, it's really missed in, like, Western physiology. Which, it makes sense because, you know, Western culture is very yang. It's very focused on doing. Where we, we can say, like, the yin is the core of being. Mm-hmm. It's that, that sort of rich moistness. And when we feel really... Um, when we feel When the yin is tonified we have a lot of water in the radiator, we don't overheat easily. And so a lot of the herbs in here are yin tonics. Uh, We have platycodon in it, uh, balloon flower. This is a particular herb that uh, uh, moistens the throat. And a lot of times uh, when you overtrain, a lot of times the first thing that people notice is sort of like a dry, scratchy throat. And so this is just a herb that sort of Uh, It's also immunoprotective and also stops the production of phlegm. Then we have some herbs that uh, uh, strengthen the blood, Uh, angelica and romania. And uh, these herbs, like uh, the blood, we can think of as holding the nutritive capacity of the body in Chinese medicine. When we talk about blood, it has some, like we made a Venn diagram of the Chinese concept of blood, and the Western concept of blood, the biochemical understanding of blood, there's a fair amount of overlap. But the, the Chinese concept of blood is really more focused on this nutritive quality. So when the blood is rich, you know, you have a healthy menstrual cycle, you have thick, full hair, your skin is healthy, and there's this, uh, there's this sense of resource. And we can think of the, the classic uh, Chinese term is like, qi is the commander of the blood. And mother is the blood of chi, And so when we think of recovery, it's these two qualities going together. And uh, to get back to that energized, fully resourced state, we need to have rich blood. And from that rich blood, we have this vitality, this chi, this ability to do things in the world. Yeah. And first the chi will deplete, but then the blood will deplete, and then the yin will deplete. Mm-hmm. So a good recovery formula um, needs all three of these pieces. And especially if you're using adaptogens to keep on pushing harder and harder, um, you need to actually have recovery to balance it out. Otherwise you can actually push yourself too far and over-deplete yourself.
1: So would you say that a risk is that a lot of modern recovery blends are really focused on the chi element? Yeah. And So it's giving people that sort of um, superficial energy fuel to push their body further but yet they don't have that rich blood or that nourishing yin to help them truly recover. Yeah. So in a way, things like caffeine, to, to make them, to give them, use a very banal, common example, can cause people to dig deeper and deeper into the hole and become more and more depleted over time.
0: Yeah. Caffeine's like not an adaptogen, or, you know, True. by any, any sense of it. While it is a central nervous system stimulant and a really reliable one, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of times like uh, using a credit card to sort of pay the bills. you know, If you actually recover well from using stimulants by using a recovery formula, as long as you pay the bill off every month, you're good. As long as you have a sufficient downtime. But if you keep on using stimulants to juice performance, um, you fall off the cliff. Eventually the you know debt collector comes calling. And I see a lot of this in Boulder. You see women losing their menstrual cycles. You see like peak athletes having all sorts of immune-compromised issues, you see all sorts of weird fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, you know, like, real, like, derailers to people's, like, athletic careers and physical careers. And really, a good practitioner, a good Chinese medicine practitioner, wants to see that coming and, you know, prevent it before it's happening. And I think a lot of times, patients don't fully appreciate that, like, where you basically steered them away from the cliff, because they're just like, I keep on rocking. Um, but when when, people come, when a lot of people come and they've already fell off the cliff and it takes a year or two to rebuild their health, A, they're patients from life at that point, but then they actually really, once they really know what's going on in their nervous system and in their bodies, they really appreciate the capacity of what good Chinese
1: medicine can do. So what then, with that in mind, what are some key signs that someone may be using a recovery product or, or using a central system, system stimulant like uh, caffeine or ephedrine or something similarly, what are the signs that someone needs more blood, needs more gain in their recovery efforts? Or maybe they need more time in between workouts yeah. or maybe they need... Yeah, like what's the check engine light, like, so to speak? That's a great way to phrase it. You, you know, that? I, I
0: like the, uh, you know, the check engine light is, Usually first the nervous system Unless someone's really embodied If someone's really embodied Like they're like a yoga practitioner or something Their body will give them all sorts of early warning signs mm-hmm. But for most people whose Like central nervous systems Are like getting over ramped The first thing they'll notice is Their nervous system is over ramped mm-hmm. You'll feel anxious The nervous system will have a hard time Calming down and concentrating uh, There might be a lot of energy in the nervous system But the focus is poor Um, and you see this a lot in like college students who are using huge amounts of caffeine like there's lots of energy there but there's not a lot of work getting done Um, and the focus is is painful Um, and then you know in a lot of sort of CEOs small business owners who are really pushing it you know they're not sleeping well they have high anxiety um, the nervous system can't really calm down so like there's no water in the radiator like the smallest thing sets you off. You know, you go up a little hill and the nervous system feels blown out. You know, you get that one email from a high rate customer and you feel like your day's blown. You know, there's just not resilience in the system. And really we need more nervous system resilience in our systems more than ever now, just because the sheer amount of data and information coming to us. Uh um, where do you see fatigue fitting into the picture of this? Well, once you can think we use the sort of uh, credit card analogy, you know, at first, like, when you start using the credit cards a lot, you know, you start getting more credit offers in the mail. Like, there's more stimulus going on. Um, But fatigue's at the point where, like, you know, the credit card company says you've hit your debt limit. So, like, we've already hit our... um, We've hit that point where we're no longer we're no longer getting the benefit of the doubt from the system it's 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 sort of saying tail back rest and repose so
1: it's kind of like a rev limiter in a way the system is asking the body asking the consciousness to slow down the level of activity to increase recovery yeah and it's
0: it's the biochemical processes that are are incredibly complex but that's the basic it's for the layman, that, that works, you know?
1: Sure. Um, circling back to something we were talking about with regards to the, um, the Healers on the Edge series, um, you mentioned sexuality, and I think it's fairly well known in a lot of athletic communities that uh, libido is a sign of overtraining and fatigue and a need for higher levels of recovery. Um, where does that fit in, in the, in the whole spectrum of... Is that is that the... Not just to check engine lights on now, but to get it to the dealership immediately. Light when when a person's libido crashes. Yeah, I, th- I would say
0: that's a that's a time a time to take it to the mechanic. Mm-hmm. You know, the in a way, like when the libido crashes, it's a sign that like you've tapped into the deep reserves. Mm-hmm. You know, like the deep reserves are in Chinese medicine are the kidney jing, um, and there's a there's a uh, sort of uh, the three treasures of Chinese medicine are qi, shen, and jing. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of, like, the jing is the waggle in your hips, the qi is the bounce in your step, and the shen is the brightness of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And so when, when the waggle of your hip is gone, like, where there's no, like, core vitality anymore, like, you've... The, the jing is, like, your, your trust fund. It's your rainy day money. So when you've, like, cashed out your savings to sort of pay the bills and you're still going into debt that's, that's a warning sign mm-hmm. and uh, that's a place that Chinese medicine treats really well um, but it, at that point it's usually a much longer recovery You know, we can think of like uh, if you cashed out all your savings like actually building your savings up again is actually much more difficult mm-hmm. whereas if you actually have a decent amount of savings and you need to just sort of bring more
1: revenue into your life is not as stressful. Mm-hmm. Great analogy. The financial analogy probably makes a lot of sense to folks that are used to focusing on numbers and may not be as used to focusing on their body.
0: Yeah, I think I think
1: that most people in
0: modern Western society have a understanding of finances at some level, whereas like using like chi blood, shen jing, like using the ancient Chinese. Metaphors of understanding our bodily ecologies is more difficult for people because those, those concepts are so culturally based. Mm-hmm. Um, while the beauty of the Chinese system is it's really an ecological metaphor of understanding the ecology of our body and how it relates to the ecology of society and the ecology of the earth itself, which I think it's really important to have an ecologically based medicine because it actually brings balance over time when you have a medicine that's not based on any sort of ecology you don't you don't actually create healthy environments for us to thrive whereas if you look at western medicine as being more the allopathic model is really good at solving problems it's not really good at always solving ecologies it's the classic problem of like oh we have a rat problem let's introduce some snakes mm-hmm. oh we have some snake problems let's introduce some mongoose you know and then suddenly like all the native birds are gone and like you have ecological collapse issues
1: so then it seems like the problem is not seeing the human body in, in context of a relationship with the environment
0: yeah and the environment can be in the environment of our relationships can be in the environment of the work we do it can be in the environment of what our internal connection to self is you know so chinese medicine in the way is a very early holistic medicine mm. and now that it's evolved it's a it's becoming a really integral medicine and by integral medicine is a medicine that that isn't like opposed to western medicine it's actually we take the tools and knowledge of modern technologies and we try to meld that and include and transcend that we in that rather than we're in opposition to like allopathic medicine we're actually like how do we take allopathic medicine as part of our ecology of tools to use and you know we don't have to be an expert in every tool but we have to know how those tools work in the system like not every one of us needs to be a financial planner but we have to know if like oh i'm making plenty of money but i'm not saving any oh maybe i need to see a a financial advisor you know
1: so that's the role then that a good in- integral Chinese medicine practitioner will play then for an athlete yeah or really anyone is to help them better allocate their energetic resources their health resources yeah so that some of them is going back into that rainy day fund.
0: yeah and a lot of times like you know in peak training and like your peak competitive years like you're not focusing on building resources, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, the, the like you're not focused on building that rainy day fund. But a lot of what people don't always understand is that rainy day fund, that that kidney jing, is when you actually push it to the utmost. That's where that extra energy comes to f- finish the race. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes See. to push it past the normal limit.
1: See. And then to circle back to the herbs. It seems like many of these herbs, for example, I know rhodiola rosea is not in this formula, is it? No, uh, are the Russian ones, the, we have schisandra in this formula. Mm-hmm. So schisandra and eleuthero in Eleuther, the yeah. So these are herbs that grow in very harsh environments. Yes. They grow at high elevation, dry climates, extreme weather. And these plants have obviously adapted their physiologies to survive in these harsh environments. And then we're taking in these biomolecules that come from these plants, from these harsh environments. Do you think that might explain some of the way that these plants help us to adapt? Yeah. I think that's, I mean, there's the old ecological sort of doctrine
0: of signatures, which is an old sort of herbal sort of guidepost to say, like, where herb grows and how it grows and what it does and what it looks like is often, like, a clue to how it's used. But we can think of, in a modern pharmacological sense, like these plants growing in these harsh environments uh, biochemically create adaptation to those environments mm-hmm. and so those biochemical adaptations through thousands of years, if we go all the way back to the shamanic nanai that we talked that the early Russians were used, these were the very berries that they used to hunt longer in periods of intense and prolonged stress and really, you know, really push it in these, in these challenging hunts. I mean, if you can imagine a guy wearing furs, you know, hunting animals in the winter on skis, you know, in sub zero howling temperatures and having to stay still in the pole, you know, yeah, that's that's challenge. It's very challenging. Especially without a rifle and, you know yeah.
1: string stringed hunting instruments. Right. So using a spear or using a bow. simple bow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, Very impressive, Marco It sounds like a great formula Uh, Where can people find this formula? Uh, You can find it on performancetea.com or amazon.com Fantastic And what would be your dosage recommendations for uh, someone new to the Performance Recovery Blend? Uh, One
0: scoop, which is uh, a 2 gram serving has uh, 20 milligrams of CBD which is a relatively low dose on the CBD but uh, A lot of times, uh, by stimulating the endocannabinoid system, like there's this feeling of goodness, this feeling of like, oh, almost like the runner's high, like feeling feeling of wellness. And the idea of taking a product that makes you feel good but also helping you recover, and CBD is not psychoactive like, say, the THC in marijuana is, um, but it still stimulates the endocannabinoid system in a, a very gentle way and I think it really supports muscles being relaxed. It's anti-inflammatory. So, like, taking a little bit every day after training. uh, People sleep better. They recover quicker. And our initial uh, feedback from the athletes taking it uh, has been overwhelmingly
1: positive. Fantastic. Very interesting. So this formula is also, uh, for people who can't see this, it's a powder formula. Yep. Which is uh, different. A lot of folks are probably used to taking liquids or capsules or tablets. Um, now, I personally like the powders, and I'll just take a scoop and put it under my tongue. Yep. I've been doing this for a while. It's not my first rodeo. Uh, not everyone will like or enjoy or be able to, to do that dosage mechanism. How would you recommend folks take that scoop of powder and get it into their body?
0: Well, as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I always like taking it in tea or hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we assimilate herbs better when they're hot, um, but that's a very Ch- Chinese practitioner bias. Uh, we have a lot of people who just mix it in, a, in their sports drink water bottle, shake it up, and it's water soluble, so it's easy to take on the go. Uh, some people put it in their smoothie in the morning. Um, it's pleasant tasting, and it, I, I enjoy the taste. I actually put it in a thermos now when I go backcountry skiing and serve it to people on the top of the hill after a big push-up couple thousand feet before we go skeet powder on the way down um and there's a really i think advantage to water soluble products in that both in shape, shelf stability um but also like a lot of the oil products just the average consumer doesn't want to s- uh, take a dropper full of oil under their tongue i think there's a there's a there's the ease of use uh to taking uh water soluble powders and most athletes already use some sort of water-soluble recovery uh, formula, electrolyte formula, and there's in their in their like bag of tricks. So I think it's it's really designed
1: for them in mind. Wonderful. Now, would you recommend taking it once a day or twice a day?
0: Uh, I personally take it once a day. That works that works well for me. But I think different people in different stages of recovery need more. Like maybe you really have a full, true. Full one day of full or two days of full recovery and you can take two or three doses a day and just really like you know get your get some body work done go in your cold plunge go in your
1: hot plunge so you'd know. recommend that perhaps for after a, a really heavy workout right? Yeah, exactly so, very good alright Marco thank you very much for taking the time to, to talk today hopefully this will be the first of many conversations on many topics that we get to record and broadcast yeah, this is really fun. It feels
0: it feels easeful and uh, I really enjoy it. That's Well thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Luke. Yeah. That was awesome.
1: Thank you for listening to the Modern Immortals Podcast, brought to you by the Mandala Integrative Medical Clinic and by Performance Team.